0: Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, everyone. It's Judy Cohen. This is Wake Up Call 330. Um, I hope the holidays are being good to you, that you're taking time to breathe. Last week in uh, Chapter 10 of the Dhammapada, I had some thoughts on understanding violence. That's the um, title of that chapter. And pointing in a different direction. And for today, as we inch slowly toward the end of the uh, calendar year, uh, chapter 11, which is our next chapter, is an invitation to consider endings, um, which is maybe an equally challenging topic. And the title of chapter 11 is Old Age. <laughs> so I had some minor uh surgery about 10 days ago, nothing, no big deals, like a little gum surgery. And I can only eat soft foods for a minute. And I went to the market and I bought canned fruit. (laughs) So peaches and pineapples. And remember those mandarin oranges, if, if you're, if you're a person of my age or so and buying that canned fruit, it was really the first time in my life that I felt like an older woman. So that was interesting because, um, yeah, I'm getting there right? And we're all getting there, aren't we? And um, this is one of the things that chapter 11 points to is that we're all headed in the same direction. And this is also one of the classic teachings of mindfulness that we aren't forever, that everything is impermanent, and that includes us. And in fact, we're, we're really frail. You know, we're these very frail beings, these very frail human beings, and we're only here for a minute. And then, and then we're gone. So I read a lot of historical fiction. That's my favorite. And I'm often struck by um, the truth of how brief our lives really are. And, you know, we're born, we live this whole big, huge life. We love people. We work hard. We help people. We try to do some good. Maybe we build something. Maybe we're fortunate enough to be able to give away some of what we build um, maybe we get to leave something for the next generation and then we die. And yet everything we see and taste and touch and smell and hear, you know, the forests that we walk through, the apples we eat, the music we listen to, the smell of the ocean, all of these things go on. I mean, who, who knows what will happen, right, in this climate emergency, but for the immediate future, you know, if I were to die tomorrow, those things would go on. And this is a hard thing to turn towards for me, at least. And so chapter 11 says it like this, why the laughter? (laughs) Why the joy when flames are ever burning? Surrounded by darkness, shouldn't you search for light? Look at this beautified body full of illness, the object of many plans with nothing stable or lasting. What is the delight in seeing these dull white bones tossed away like white gourds in autumn? So super poetic. And these dull white bones, that's all that will be left. That's all that's ever left though, right? The dull white bones of 2021, the dull white bones of 2020, the aughts, all of the decades. Now, I'm a child of the late 60s and early 70s, the music, the protests, the civil rights movement, the women's movement. Right in this moment, it feels like a lot of dull white bones with this Supreme Court. You know, bones tossed away like white gourds in autumn. Impermanent. Even the things that we thought were ensconced. So you know, but it's not all bad news because here's the silver lining and there is a silver lining, which is a relief and maybe more than a relief because chapter 11 goes on to say, even the splendid chariots of the royalty wear out and so too does the body decay, but the dharma of the virtuous doesn't decay for it is upheld when the virtuous teach it to good people. And so here's what I think that means. (laughs) You know, there are some renowned Dharma teachers in the world today, um, Dharma mindfulness teachers, right? My own teachers, James Beres and Norman Fisher and Roshi Joan. And then, you know, people that everybody's, a lot of people have heard of, Jack Kornfield and Tara Brock and Sharon Salzberg and Pema Chodron and Biku Analio, who's in his own class. And those are just a few of the North Americans And then there are renowned teachers, of course, in India and Thailand, Myanmar, Japan, throughout Asia, and on all the continents, everywhere in the world right now, there are virtuous people teaching mindfulness. And what I really want to say is that that includes all of us. And that's the silver lining that I think this chapter is really pointing at, right? So you probably have all been deluged by our messaging about our teacher training, and that's there. Um, and, and yesterday at one of the info sessions, Gulu Singh, who's one of our leads, and he's also a lawyer, said essentially, yeah, come because our lives are brief, but the 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 dharma of the virtuous doesn't decay. It's upheld when the virtuous teach it to good people and that we all need to be teaching. We don't all need to come to our teacher training, although I'd love it if you all wanted to, but we we, we all need to be teaching right now. The world is a mess, and it's really all hands on deck. And if we do get to leave anything for the next generation, it's not wealth; it's these teachings, you know. And not in some dogmatic sense of like the Dharma says A, B, C. Mindfulness says A, B, T, C. But <clears throat> much more personal, you know, much more personal. Um, teaching other people how to Turn towards the end of a year, or, or the end of a life, or our tattered world, and to do that with an open heart, you know. Um, teaching people how to keep breathing through it all, how to even keep visioning and working toward the possibility that maybe we can even heal, maybe. We can even get ourselves out of this mess we're in. So that's the silver lining, I think of chapter 11 is mindfulness and the way, yeah, there are prominent teachers. There are people who are formally trained, but all of us practicing and living our practice, right? And that's what you are all doing here, sitting, keeping your heart open, practicing compassion, discovering ways to be loving, even in the law, at times when someone who doesn't study mindfulness would say that was really a terrible idea. <laughs> so as we inch towards the end of 2021, and each of us is also slowly inching toward our own end, it's it's hopefully becoming clear that, you know, all situations, I don't know if it's hopefully becoming clear, but I feel like it's our, our mission, our responsibility to help ourselves see and everybody see that, you know, all of these situations and all of these humans and all beings are deserving of love. And that the alternative is what got us into this mess, right, forgetting to love one another, forgetting to love the earth, forgetting we belong to one another. And uh, so sati, right, which is the Pali word for mindfulness. Remember, it means to recollect, right? And, and your recollection, your remembering to love yourself, to love each other, my remembering to love myself, to love each other, to love the earth, to love uh, everyone and remember we belong to each other. Our, our not forgetting, our sati you know, it rubs off. It affects everyone. You know, people we work with, people we love, people we wish we could love, even the people we don't think we want to love. We think think we can't learn to love them. It rubs off on them too. So even though the verse says that the chariots of the royalty wear out, and I guess we lawyers are some kind of royalty in this society, right? Uh, the Dharma doesn't decay. It's upheld when the virtuous, which is each of us, all of us, right? Teach it to good people. Or another way I'd say it is live it, live it, which is what, which is what we're all doing right now, right? Okay, so thank you for your practice because it really is all hands on deck. And uh, let's sit. So, finding your posture, whatever that is, for the next 10 minutes, something that is stable and supportive of your practice. Finding the breath or sound, some anchor for your attention and just settling for a couple of minutes. and just resting your attention, resting your whole body, your mind, just resting in the present moment. And then just inviting yourself to uh, call to mind one moment in the last day or week or month when you really feel like you were living your practice. Really living with an open heart, doing that out loud. Don't have to have been talking, just, uh, just a moment when you really were living your practice. And when you have that moment, just feel into it. Feel what comes up for you. Maybe there's relief or maybe there's curiosity. Maybe there's gladness. and see if you can just turn towards that gladness and and let it kind of radiate throughout your whole body. The gladness of your own practice and the gladness of uh, mindfulness as a living practice. Or maybe even simpler, the the gladness of just having found your way to these practices, to this path, however that happened, however randomly that may have happened for you. And then if you, if you want to, if it's resonant for you, you can uh, set an intention to take, take this gladness with you out into your day. Thank you, everyone, for being on the wake-up call today. I'm so glad to be here with all of you. And I wish you a a good rest of your day or evening and a good weekend, good holiday weekend. Take good care. Don't forget to breathe. (laughs) I'll see you next Thursday.